2: Thank you. Never had it so good, Sports Talk Radio. We are live tonight um, here at 6 o'clock, and we're talking about camp and having that conversation with two coaches at 6 o'clock right now. Troy Lilly will join us in just a moment. I want to get my co-host in here. And listeners, I'm apologizing up front. I'm broadcasting live from Starbucks. Coach Duck, how are you?
0: <laughs> uh, I take uh, a slice of pumpkin bread to go.
2: You sound like, you know they sell coffee, right? You don't want a frappe <laughs> or <laughs> <laughs> just like you, keep, you just want some cake, some pumpkin bread.
0: <laughs>
2: a, Have you?
0: I, I lost you hey, for something.
2: Okay. Yeah. We got you back there. And I'm going to go ahead and get Coach Lily in here and welcome him to the show. Coach Lily, how are you?
3: I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, sorry if I cut out during this. I uh, just know that I'm just dealing with some service issues. But uh, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing That's well.
2: Really good. Coach Duck, I'm going to let you guys have the conversation, and then I'll get back in here in just a little bit, and then we'll get started.
0: Okay. Uh, again, Coach uh, Lily, uh welcome to the show.
3: Yeah, I appreciate it, uh, you know, been a fan of yours for a while, uh, you know, I think you go back with my dad a lot, and so I'm just appreciative of everything you've done for me and uh, helping with the camp that we'll talk about today and just helping set that up and kind of follow your guidance with a lot of that, so very appreciative for that and having me on.
0: Oh, man, the lineage that goes through your family, hey, bro, I, look, I'm happy to be part of it, you know, your dad and Max and them, hey. I'm glad we're very excited to have you on. Uh, I I wanted to ask you, coming up, how much were you involved
3: in sports? Um, I want to say that, uh, surprisingly, despite my dad being a a football coach, uh, you know, I think they did a pretty good job of of balancing my life in it growing up. Uh, You know, we did have our NTs and stuff, but they they were pretty – both parents were pretty good of uh drawing a hard line of when it was you know time to practice and train and, and play, and then at the other end of it uh you know it's it's okay to be a kid in vacation and then of course school was paramount you didn't you didn't have the grades you didn't get to do what you wanted to do, especially with sports um but uh you know it's, I think as you get older uh you kind of have to start dedicating a little more time to it because it gets more competitive um so I do remember by the time I was a senior, you know, I was probably dedicating half my day uh, to sports. And, you know, and then when I went and played college, it was it seemed like it took up almost all of my day, which I mean, <laughs> really uh, people don't realize how incredible it is for some student athletes to be able to at specifically the Division one level, because they have such high time demands to have such high GPAs while also Playing that sport just because of the time demand is is incredible at that level.
0: Yeah, and 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 I guess the question, the next question is, you know, you, you hear people say all the time that once you leave high school, now you 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 enter the business world because it becomes more of a business than than fun. And your take on that?
3: I think that is, uh, you know, pretty pretty close to the truth but however i will say that i think that's you know everyone has their own experiences you know i only played at one place I, i've heard a lot of really good stories of other collegiate programs where they did said it was like family even more so than high school because some kids they go through some pretty uh tumultuous high school programs and those you know that that can be almost just as much as a business especially if you're in kind of the places where football has so much money running through it. Like if you're in Texas or Florida and now Georgia, you know, it it might be a business like that, but, but certainly high school, uh, there's nothing quite like it playing, you know, just you can't replicate growing up with everyone. And, you know, you have your rivals that you played the whole time and you know, everyone in the stands where, uh, you know, when you get to college, I thought that was something that was shaking to me was I would, train with these guys on the team for for, for six or seven months through the winter, through the spring, through the summer, and then fall would show up and you'd have, you know, 60,000 people in the stands, and it was an odd (laughs) feeling because you're used to knowing everyone who's cheering for you, and now you have all these people show up and you're like, I don't even know who you are, and that definitely uh, emphasizes the business aspect of it where you know, I'm not saying that football players are a product, but you really are you really are separated from the fan base to some extent, and then obviously the turnover year in and year out, which is now um, even further increased with the transfer portal. Um, I can imagine that. You know, personally, I remember sitting in the locker room one year to the day when I arrived, and I looked around and over like thirty to forty percent of the players were no longer there and I was now, you know, I had senior over them whereas in like high school you have to go all 3 years to start being around longer than mostly everyone. So it definitely is a, a more business like atmosphere which is understandable because there's just so much so much money involved. You kind of have to treat it that way. Well, you brought up something interesting. You you brought up the portal uh
0: when you were playing how many? How many of the the young men that you play with probably would have entered the portal?
3: You know, it, it's it's hard to say because, uh, personally, because I've I've done a lot of stuff with the transfer portal with some other things, and so I've I've tried to be pretty enlightened on it. And you know, though the figures have risen pretty much every year in terms of the amount of guys going in, um, I don't know if people there's actually been a lot of data gathered on the reasons the guys are going in. I think a lot of people will make the assumption that it's strictly because maybe they don't want to compete or maybe they got a coach got mad at them and upset them. So they want to leave. Um, If that is true, which very might well be the case, then I would have to say I could see a lot of players entering the portal from the team when, you know, when I played college, because like I said, it's very business like. The coaches are very, Um, demanding and sometimes I think for a lot of guys especially who are highly recruited I can see how it is such a 180 where they go for for years being told by all these coaches uh, you know how much they love you how much they want you to come play for them how much you want to be a part of the program and and then as soon as you step on campus and you you know you signed your, your your contract with them you know they let they unleash the strength coaches on you, and and then the position coaches on you, and, and, uh, and all these guys who probably patting you on the butt for the last four years have now, you know now they're demanding the best out of you, which can be hard, and so you know for you know not fortunately, but in some ways I wasn't necessarily a highly recruited player, so for me it was nothing new. You know I was I went in with like a chip on my shoulder, but I knew there were some guys I played with that were four stars and I think even a few five-stars, and you could tell that they were really caught off guard by the fact that they had been so, uh, you know, pushed up during their high school recruitment, and once they stepped on on campus, the reality of college football set in, and I can see that as a main uh, proponent of pushing them into the portal because they want to go back to that recruitment stage and get away from the coaching stage Um, but like I said, that's an assumption. There could be a lot of other very, um, valid reasons. And I definitely think if it was, uh, around when I was playing, uh, there would, I mean, we, we had plenty of transfers when I was there and the portal wasn't even a thing yet. And I, you know, in my opinion, I do think even in the, 2000s, the 90s, 80s, 70s, if the portal was there, it would have been the same story. I know people like to say generations are different, but, I mean, I wasn't alive back then, so maybe I'm wrong, but I still feel like if it was around, people would have used it.
0: Okay. Uh, I want to go back to when we were talking about, you know, how much time even in high school, uh, you know, being able to manage your time between academics and athletics. So in your household Who was the academic person and who
3: was the athletic person? So, I mean, it tended to lean, you know, as expected where my dad was the coach, that he would lean more towards athletics. Um, But, you know, my my parents personally, they've always said this, and I'm probably going to try to model this when I become a parent. They try to be so joint in everything that there was never, you know, if I had a bad grade, I didn't go to my dad because my dad would be less mad at me. You know, they always joined forces, and so I knew there was no avoiding. If I did something bad in school or I was doing uh, poorly on tests and stuff like that, they were going to both push back on me and enforce that. And kind of like I was saying earlier is uh, my dad himself, he did a really good job of, um, you know, when we got home, you know, at this point we woke up early to go work out before school at like 5 a.m. And then you go to practice – And then we have to wait for everyone to, you know, get out of there because, you know, he's the head coach. And then I would be giving kids rides home. He would be giving kids rides home. So we'd probably get home by six. So at that point, we're 12 hours into it. And he did a great job of we really didn't discuss football or any sport. Um, Once we got home at the dinner table, we'd talk about other stuff. Um, And I think that was pretty key in not keeping me from getting burnt out, especially those, you know, long days throughout high school. Um, So I think – Joint parent parent work was uh, really beneficial for me because it didn't allow me any any easy way out of anything.
0: Yeah, that's interesting that you 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 say that,
3: Troy, because
0: a lot of coaches do you know have a tendency to bring it home and discuss it with their kids, even though. They they see them out on the field, doing you know, doing the practice time, doing game time and stuff, but still continue to push that issue. But that, that's good. I guess that's why your dad was Coach of the Year. So, hey, no problem. Good good job, Coach Lilly.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you learned a few things over the years. And, you know, I was also the younger brother, so I'm sure he might have learned a few things when it comes to coaching your children um, from coaching uh, Max. But you know he also coached us in Little League growing up, so I think he had plenty of, you know, plenty of practice, which I think is you know irreplaceable <laughs> yeah. in coaching, uh, coaching your your kids. But yeah, it was it was really great because you know I was I was known to be somewhat of a hot temper and kind of disruptive sometimes in practice. I'll, I'm not going to deny it, and <laughs> it was kind of nice to be able to maybe I had a rough day, had a bad practice, maybe I did something dumb, and you know my dad yelled at me just like he'd yelled anybody else or maybe not yell, but corrected. And then by, when I get home, you know, maybe in the back of my head as a teenager, I'm thinking, oh, he, you know, he's going to come back home and give it to me again. And, you know, he comes back home and it's, he's bad now. And I think that was really beneficial for me. Oh, wow. That's great. Uh,
0: now, Troy, you know, we want to get to the point of how you got involved in what you're doing. And kind of tell the listeners exactly what you're doing, because to me, it, you know, it touches my heart, because being from West Virginia and what you're trying to provide for West Virginia student-athletes is, is tremendous. So can you kind of touch upon that for us?
3: Yeah, for sure. So uh, I think this was about back 2017, um, so at this point six years ago, which, which sounds crazy. It, didn't, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but um, I was still in school at WU and uh my my career I pretty much decided to hang it up just uh you know like we were talking early it, college football was not high school football and you know my love for the game kind of slid away and I you know I was at peace with that so I decided um several years in to to step away and focus on graduating and stuff like that and I realized soon, a few months after stepping away that uh, there was this big hole in my life that had always been filled by football that no longer was filled by football because I wasn't playing. And um, I, I don't know. I don't really remember how the idea came about, but the thought did come through my mind at some point. I've never considered coaching. Um, i never been into the X's and the O's. Uh just never really interested me. And, and also a bonus where – Despite, you know, my brother and my dad being both accomplished coaches, um, I've seen the downside of being a coach, which is all the drama and the stuff you have to deal with, which (laughs) they will say is a thousand times worth it, which I believe them. But it's just not something that I was like, I I just I'm not interested in coaching, but I'd like to be involved in some way. And so we started Coalfields and Company. Uh, It was actually me and, and a few buddies of mine, also former players and stuff like that. And it started off real small. We weren't really trying to do anything with it, honestly, just trying to have some fun in terms of, like, uh, you know, we started off with talking about some of the top high school quarterbacks in the state, and then people were asking for rankings. And so we're like, okay, we'll try to do rankings and stuff like that. And we're actually – I put a, a post out about it this week. Um, you know, some of our first rankings that we put out talked about, uh, like Darnell Wright, uh, Tyson Bagent. uh Dante Stills and Brenton Strange, who all four, three got drafted and one, uh, you know, signed an undrafted free agent this past week, which was really cool to see it kind of come full circle. Um, and what we found out pretty much uh, six months into it was we were barely doing any work. You know, we were, we were scouting and doing what we could. You know, we're looking into players and stuff like that and putting out some content. And, you know, our followers was, was just going crazy and we were only on Twitter. And so we kind of realized that there was a bit of a niche needed to be filled, which was, you know, the off season kind of coverage of high school football in West Virginia, which, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to say the newspapers in the state do an excellent job. There's some really good ones out there that do some great writers and they do great pieces. And, um, even some new ones have come up like Lou press uh, down in southern west virginia they they do great jobs, but you know they have they have other demands outside of football you know once winter comes they got to move to basketball and then they got to move to baseball and cover track and wrestling, and then volleyball soccer all those other sports, which they should all kids should have their sports covered um, but as you and I know, uh, football can be a bit of a three sixty five gig especially when it comes to uh, collegiate recruiting, and so we saw kind of an opening in that spring to be like, we should start digging into the film a little bit more, do our best to kind of rank these kids and organize lists together to provide their colleges and uh, Data is kind of my background personally. you know I've always been a big fan of data organizing. you know I truly believe that if if people could have the right information a lot of really good things could happen. If you put the right processes into play, that right information can just come about. And so for the last several years, we've we've put together these spreadsheets of players and, you know, their schools and contact information, coach contact information, links to film, links to social media, and been sending that out to as many colleges as we'll take them. And, um, you know, that – we, we've kind of formed an image a year in, which was that – or less of an image, more of a philosophy, which was that our first goal was going to try to make playing in West Virginia um, a special experience. You know, I was talking about it earlier, how high school football is such a unique time in your life, and it is. You're never going to be able to play with all your friends against another group, a group of guys, you know, go to battle, in front of, in front of everybody who's watched you growing up, And, and so we wanted to further that. And so we've tried to do some extra stuff like, you know, magazines, graphics, articles, um, all types of stuff to make it fun. And then our second one is to help facilitate that collegiate recruitment process, which, you know, I I don't think it could be understated enough, which I think everyone has said, which is that, you know, getting the financial aid to go to college because you're good at football. Uh, is is something that could change the trajectory of not your life, but your entire family's life. Um, And so we think that's valuable, especially in West Virginia, where there tends to be not just struggle in getting West Virginia players into college uh, football-wise, but West Virginia kids into college uh, regardless. I think we're the only state in the entire country where our flagship program, the majority of the kids aren't even from the state. Um, And so – you know, if we could even make a five-kid dent in that, I think it would be perfectly worth it because otherwise, it is fun. Um, and so, that's you know, kind of how we've developed over the years. And we've brought in some more people. We've we've done coaching clinics. We've we've done magazines. we have upgraded the sites. And and we've always been interested in doing a showcase or a type of camp. Um, we all there was always one that kind of already existed, the three oh four elite and, uh, they, they disbanded this year. And so we kind of saw another gap and we said, well, let's combine a bit of what our two goals are, help the recruitment process and also have, have, uh, you know, make it fun. So we've put it together. We've tried to invite as many coaches and stuff like that as possible to show up. I try to organize it to the best of my ability. Um, and then we're also trying to really highlight the kids and, and make it feel like, you know, kind of like the NFL combine. You know, we're posting the kids who are right. in attendance and they're selective, it's invite only. Um, and so, you know, that that's pretty much been our journey over six years is just trying to to make it fun and to facilitate that collegiate process as much as possible.
0: Yeah, my last question before I bring uh, Damon uh, Jackson in is uh you talked about ranking the kids, okay? When you rank them, are you giving them stars too? Because honestly, I I like personally what you do, but I'm I'm not a person that believes in that five, four, three, two, one stuff. But how do you sell this to, not so much a sell? How how do you explain that your rankings to uh, the college coaches?
3: So we always like to say this, you know, take everything that we rank with a, you know, with a grain of salt, because one, well, I'm never, if I was so good at evaluating talent, I really should just go be, you know, a college football scout. Um, And, you know, the same goes for everybody works with us. You know, we, you know, we do our best. We try to have a very uh, regimented style to where uh, it's very replicable and, and it makes sense and it tries to take out as much bias as possible. Um, you know, currently we we do a one to one hundred rating and it's honestly mathematically uh kind of added up to where we break it down by height and weight, which is uh which is objective. You know, we you know, if you're a tight end and you're six six, uh, you know, two fifty, that's perfect height, you're gonna get a perfect score and so that's gonna go to your overall score. And then, you know, we have your athleticism and if we have access to, you know, maybe your track records or uh, combine scores, we can kind of evaluate that. And then we'll just go by what we can see on the film, uh, which we have kind of like a checklist. And that's, that's kind of how we end up getting to, you know, getting these guys to certain points. But we try to range it because I agree that um, star systems are, are are always shown to be somewhat correct, but there's a lot of variance that have to especially <laughs> – I think you know. I think the best way to look at it with the star systems is that it's. I think it's fairly accurate at the very top. Like I think if you look at the percentages of like five stars and four stars who go pro, it it's a it's a strong correlation. But then once you get out of that that top three hundred kids in the country, which at that point is like I don't even know. I don't. I wish I could think of the the calculation, but it would probably be like less than one percent of all high school players then it gets really muddled in what can be who should be where and who should be what so we just do our best to kind of put the put the facts in front of the coach and say look he's he's this big this heavy he runs this fast and just looking at his film you know we've seen this and Mm -hmm. you know I think we've had some pretty good results over the years. I think most kids end up going roughly to where we, we rate them as. But what makes football such a fun sport is the amount of kids who, you know, was on no one's radar that blew up and, and had great seasons. Because, you know, high school kids, they, they hit growth spurts. And,
2: uh-huh.
3: you know, maybe they, they get their act together. Um, you know, sometimes you have a kid not even play football till he's a senior and then will will to show up and, and dominate. Um, so, yeah, we, we try to hand it to him and, you know, say, Hey, this kid is seventy seven. Technically on paper that says we think he should be getting FCS group of five offers, but you know, you guys are the experts here. We're just trying to help guide your way. Okay, uh again, let the uh listeners know
0: the name of uh the name of the showcase and again exactly when is when it's gonna take place and what time.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So we're calling it the 2023 West Virginia Prep Football Showcase, you know, presented by Coalfields and Company. Um, it's going to be this Saturday, so uh, May sixth, at Morgantown High School. Um, it's going to start roughly around nine o'clock. I say roughly because we're doing a testing portion, and just to avoid, uh, you know, maybe getting any type of traffic jams, we're going to start sending kids through as soon as they show up. So honestly, if kids start showing up around like 8.30 and we got everything set up, we'll probably start sending them through to get tested. They're going to run 40s to uh, 5, 10, 5 shuttles, uh, broad jump, get their measurements, and then around 10.30, 11, we're going to start gearing it up, and that's when we're going to go do individual for probably an hour, and then we're going to wrap up the day from 12 to 1. Um, with competition, so one on ones, seven on seven, whatever the coaches cook up. We got some good, great staff this year. We, uh, you know, we have QB Vision. They're, I, I want to say they're based out of Tennessee. So if I'm wrong, I apologize. But they're, we've worked with them before, and they do really good camps with quarterbacks and receivers. And they're running our quarterbacks and receivers. Um, they said, I don't remember the name because actually I don't think he told me the name. But he said they had a former NFL Wide receiver going to be running our wide receivers. Um, And then every other position is going to be run by, uh, you know, college coaches. So we we wanted it to be set up that way because we have, at this point, uh, several dozen colleges in attendance to kind of orchestrate it however they want. If they want to see this drill, if that's Mm -hmm. going to help them evaluate, and if that's what they want, then we'll let them do it. Um, You know, and I think the kids will follow suit. And so we have, a, we have a pretty hefty amount of kids uh, that, that were accepted after their, uh, you know, we invited them. I think we're our number. We're close to 200, um, which was our goal. So, you know, overall, I've been really pleased with the, the feedback from the state. And then, you know, I think the kids are really excited and, and they're hungry to, to compete in front of these colleges.
0: Okay, uh uh, D-Man, what's your question for Coach before we have to uh, move on to the next uh, program?
2: It's on, Coach. You must be muted. Coach Jackson, okay. if you're muted, go ahead. Except the way okay. Coach can't right. can talk. So,
0: All right. so right. I'm going to go you, ahead and ask. Choice.
2: yeah Go ahead. Um, Coach Lily, how, how do you use um, social media and could, do you have a website that you can give the listeners?
3: Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, we try to be very active on social media like as, you know like I mentioned earlier, social media is actually the whole reason we we're, were able to blossom into what we are. Um, our website is coalfields.org, um, and then our we have a Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. They're all Coalfield's Co. Um, we try to set it that way. So we're easy to find on pretty much every platform and we try to put the same content on every single one so that, uh, you know, if you don't have one or the other, you can still have access to everything we put out. And like I said, everything we've ever done is available on the website at coalfields.org. Awesome.
2: Um, just, you know, just listening to you and seeing how organized you all are, have a great time this Saturday and we'd love to get you back to recap it and, and I'm definitely going to follow you on social media will it be live stream or will you put out some videos later
3: so we'll probably end up putting out videos later we did have a plan to have it live stream but um, the company that we were working with they ended up having some conflict so we weren't able to do that so yeah we're going to record what we can and post what we can as many pictures and videos as we can capture um, and you know just hope for the best hope it doesn't rain <laughs> yeah got you yeah
2: Perfect. Um, we appreciate you being on, and um, hopefully that West Virginia is God's country, so I'm going to take his <laughs> word today. <laughs> yeah, I hope,
3: I hope. Right.
0: I, I, a great. Troy, time this, this, this Saturday. Yeah, yeah appreciate, well, I appreciate Dustin. you coming on.
3: <laughs> yeah, thank you. You yeah. guys have a good day. All right.
2: Coach Troy, Troy Lilly, we'll take a break right here, Doug, small break right here, Duck, and, um, and then we'll come back. Coach uh, DeVoe is already in the system. Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. You're listening to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Never Had It Radio and find us on Facebook Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. Taking a yeah. break. We'll be right back. Back to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. Choy Lily, um, West Virginia prep, case, prep Showcase Camp this Saturday. Um, Duck, that was pretty good. Intelligent young man.
0: Oh yeah, you know, it, it, and it sounded like a mountaineer, didn't it, Princess?
2: Sound like a mountaineer, Duck. I'm going to give you this one, okay? For right now, I'm going to give you that one because now it's time to get the best of the best, the pit cancer in here. Coach Glenn DeVoe. How you doing, sir?
0: Doing wonderful. Hail to Pitt. Princess, how are you?
2: I'm really good. Hail to Pitt, Coach DeVoe. Duck, you want to join in? for you.
0: Not really. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's going on, Coach? Good to, hear, to hear from you.
0: <laughs> you, you. You too, Glenn.
2: Coach so DeVoe, you're going to start with... Um, Coach Duck in, in Camp Lyman, and then I'll come back. Duck, did I interrupt you?
0: No, no, we were just going to say, hopefully, uh, D-Man's D uh, phone is working, you know. So, we. He, I know he had a question for you, Glenn, but uh, he's traveling, I think. So, Telling hopefully, we'll be able to get him. Yeah.
2: him okay. the system. Maybe he's traveling through the back roads of West Virginia. So, I'll oh, check on him, Duck, while you guys go okay. ahead. All right. <laughs> Okay.
0: I agree and uh wanna to, wanna to kinda of dive into this because I wanna uh the listeners to know how long you've been doing Camp Lyman and uh where, where do you see this going? Well uh specifically
1: uh Camp Lyman actually this is our tenth year anniversary. Um wow. so you know, we're excited about that. Uh we uh we we've expanded into four new markets this year. Um, including the west coast so now we're bi-coastal uh, we went to los angeles back in march and we we're going to be heading to sacramento california in june so um, the demand is there it's just a matter of we're just trying to be strategic with our growth pattern um, because we want to make sure we don't sacrifice quality for trying to hit specific cities um, our main our main thoughts the first few years was to try to work within our uh, our footprint which we're based out of charlotte north carolina so we would do georgia south carolina virginia um, um and florida kind of hit that little southeastern corridor and the demand just increased so you know we have our eyes set on a couple different markets potentially texas next year but right now we're in uh 12 different markets
0: okay uh uh make sure towards the end of this you 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 tell tell the people what markets you are in because the way it, it the way it's going, Glenn, it's like almost every week uh, Camp Lyman is rolling. Yeah, absolutely. So we, so far this
1: year, we've been to Los Angeles. Uh, we've been to uh, Rockledge, Florida. Uh, we're in Charlotte. We're in Knoxville, Tennessee this past weekend. This weekend coming up, we're heading to Charleston, South Carolina. Um, then I'm off for a week. My daughter's graduation on the 13th and the 20th. We're in Richmond, Virginia. June, we hit two different states. We hit uh, uh, the great state of West Virginia on June 10th. Uh, And then we'll we'll be in uh, California, Northern California, on the 17th. July 1st, we're in Nashville, Tennessee, which is a new market for us. Uh, Then on the 15th, we're in Philadelphia. We've been there for the last seven or eight years. And then we're trying a new market again, which the numbers already show us that the demand is there, Eastern Maryland. Uh, We try to hit pockets where typically people don't, get that exposure, get those opportunities. Like Eastern Shore may have to go to Baltimore or Philadelphia or D.C., whereas we're going to try to bring it right to their hometown and hopefully encourage more kids to get involved and stay locked in with
0: us. Hey, Glenn, say that uh, you were at, for instance, say that you were in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, uh, you know, this coming weekend, and then somebody comes to you and says, hey, so, oh, have you thought about this place, uh, that place? How how can they get you involved with bringing something to them? Well, uh, if they're if they're embedded
1: in their community, typically affiliated with an organization, that's the easiest way for us to um, kind of collaborate and bring something to a particular market. Um, you know, a lot of individuals they're thinking about themselves. Man, I, tr- I drove from uh, Paducah, Kentucky, to Nashville, Tennessee. Can you do anything closer? Well. We'd love to, but it's it's a business proposition as well. It has to make sense, right? Uh, We can't come out, bring coaches out, um, and have the expenses, and it just doesn't balance out. So typically we uh, partner with individuals who are affiliated with uh, youth organizations, middle school coaches, high school coaches, and we just kind of partner and we build from there. Um, You know, it may not happen right away. Like people are contacting me now asking us to come out this year. We pretty much put our schedule out. Um, a year in advance. So coming this fall, we'll have a schedule for 2024 by August for next year. Um, so we know the markets that have done well and, um, you know, we just kind of vet those and move forward from there.
0: Okay, Glenn, say if I'm bringing uh, a young man to your camp, uh, camp lineman, what, what, what can I expect as a parent? Well, as a parent, um, you can expect Expect complete
1: transparency. Um, we really work on building from the ground up. Our tagline is it all starts up front. So, first of all, with a, a positive reinforcement, um, coaches are going to be locked in, um, coaches, coaches with great experience, coaches with, uh, you know, a, a love and a passion for teaching. Um, you know, a lot of guys have their credentials where they've either played collegiately, played professionally, who we typically hire to work the camps. But more importantly, we just make sure that they're able to develop kids wherever they are. You know, I have a, had, a, had a parent who called me earlier today, his son's been playing for eight months. You know, but here's the deal. We're going to teach them. We're going to both sides of the ball, offense, defense. Um, and then we really just work on the fundamentals from start, stand. So it doesn't matter. If you're an accelerated player, we're going to fine tune. We're going to sharpen you. We're going to make sure you're ready for those college camps and different things of that nature. You're a new guy in the game going to really just give you some skill set, give you some different techniques that you can learn from. Now, for example, we may say, hey, get into a good stance. I want to see a Z in your knee. But literally, if they bend and they drop their butt, you could go from the front toe to the heel, to the knee, to the hip, and that will actually draw a Z. So we'll give little tidbits that they could take and actually apply and just continue to work on that craft through their
0: off-season. Okay, Uh now, what's the ages? Because, you know, I, I've seen on some of your videos where you kind of broke it down where you hit X amount of kids, and you, you ended up having three stations. Is that the norm, or is that, are you You know, is that, yeah, basically, is that the norm? So so typically
1: we'll, we'll go, we'll have two stations, offense and defense, and they'll split the time in half, and they'll switch. That particular camp you're referencing was in Charlotte, which is my home base. We had probably 80 kids. So, of course, we brought in additional coaches, reinforcement, to make sure that we're going to get – once again, we can't sacrifice our quality. So good ratios, coaches to players. Um, and one station was offense, one station was defense. And the other station was that we tried was form running, flexibility, really teaching these kids about their body, the movements, different things of that nature. Coaches want to see not only big guys, but big guys who can bend, who are flexible. So just teach them the importance of that and how they can continue to develop those parts of the game to really give them an advantage as they move forward. What are some
0: of the questions uh, the parents are calling and asking you about your camp? Well, they'll
1: they'll, they'll ask, um, you know, they want to know if, if it's contact. Do we need to bring helmets? Do we need to bring pads? That's one thing that really amazes me. We really teach. Um, it's not about the physical contact. A lot of kids haven't coached for a long time. You know, they're intimidated by the contact in some instances, or some guys hide behind that and don't have great technique. So we really focus on teaching technique. Now, there are some competitive moments where we may do tug-of-war where we may do one-on-ones, we'll require mouthpieces on that. But outside of that, it's about really the teaching the technique that's going to take you in the long run. that's one question that typically comes up in the age. You know, they're concerned, you know, is my 8-year-old going to go against 18-year-old? No, we kind of group them together. They'll be size to size. But as they get a little older, you may be a freshman going against a junior. But you know what? If you play high school ball, that's going to happen. So now that's the re- reality of it. We get beyond that pop or where it's a weight limit, where it's a whatever. Some kids are just big. So we just try to introduce them to that, build their confidence, and focus on things that they do well. And if, in, in the areas of opportunity, we know that that's something they can go
0: home and work on. Yeah, Glenn, I also hear you, uh, heard you talk to some of the parents. You know, you talk to them a little bit about nutrition, and you talk to them about life skills. Uh, is that, Is that the norm? For for us, it's the norm because life skills
1: equates to balance, equates to high academics. Um, Typically, linemen, offensive linemen in particular, are pretty good students for the most part. You know, I just hate the stereotype, but it's typically true. Um, So that's one area that they kind of focus on. Um, And we realize that without that academics, you won't get those opportunities. And we tell kids, there's a place for you, whether it's Division One, Two, Three, NAIA. Um, it's not about one, two, or three. It's about university free. We try to make sure that they leverage their 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 ability. Some kids are really gifted academically. Maybe a little undersized. They may be a prime candidate for for Patriot League or D3 program at Faram or Emory and Henry or wherever. We send kids to all those places. So um, it's something that we just really just try to level set. Give them realistic opportunities, and however they grow, and, and and what they're willing to put into it, what sacrifices they're willing to make, that kind of determines where they the trajectory of where they can take their talents, if you will.
0: Yeah, and like I said, and I, and I and I don't want to be redundant, but a lot of times when I I you know that I I've been there and heard other people talk about kids that constantly comes back to the camp lineman, I mean, they might start out at eight years old. Now, this kid is 12 or 13, but he's still coming back. And that speaks volume to what you're doing. So how, how are you being so consistent? What, what, what makes camp linemen so consistent? Well, we
1: try to do what's called 360 coaching. You Just think about that circle, 360 degrees. We always hold each other accountable at any given time. You know, I'm watching kids' body language. I'm pretty much managing it. I'm watching body language if they're tired, if they feel like we're losing them. We may pull it back. We may need to do something competitive. So we constantly work together, and I get coaches involved. I have a curriculum, an itinerary that we typically – it's a guideline, but it's not the actual Bible itself. I give them a little latitude. One thing I don't tell them to do is how to teach. I tell them what we want to teach, but not how to teach it. And that's a unique thing about kids who want to come back year to year. Or we have some kids every year, they, they go to multiple camps. They may go to Knoxville, Tennessee, and Nashville. They may go to Charlotte and Richmond, Virginia. So it's something that we take pride in to give a great product every single time. You know, we consistently want to coach them, pour into them. We allow kids at our camps to ask questions. We don't say, do it because we said do it. If there's a why, there's a reason why, and, and we're fortunate and blessed to have coaches who can explain those whys, why we're asking the kid to do something and how to benefit. Kids are uh, really intellects this day and age, to where they're inquisitive. You know, you get some smart Alex, but for the most part, they just want to kind of know. They want to understand, and when you can connect with them, they 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 gravitate towards it and they really just kind of receive that information.
0: So. Uh... My next question, you know, before, you know, I, I end up bringing Princess in, why, how important is the videos that, uh, that you, that they're on? How important, why is that important for the kids?
1: Well, it, it's important for, for, for the kids who are at the camp. It's important for other people. Um, we have coaches. We have, we have 11,000 people who follow our Facebook page and they love to see that content. They love to see that insight. We feel like if we could share coaching techniques, nuggets, everyone. We want to make the game, the sport better, not just people who attend our camp, people who are affiliated with us. We really want to kind of take it and just kind of uh, nurture them along the way. You you mentioned something I meant to uh, reply on this regarding a question. I had a a, a kid, his name's Tyler Stevens. Actually, he's a senior 2023 kid. He just committed to uh, uh, Christopher Newport, and uh, he's going there to play ball. He's been with us for the last eight years. I mean, it's the neatest thing. His dad would always come up, uh, Robbie, and he'd take a picture every year, and he sent me a collage with eight years' worth of pictures where he's been at <laughs> every year. But he, he found his home. Um, he, had, he had a few options um, on different schools to go. He's from Virginia. He's from Mechanicsville, so he'll be able to kind of find that pocket. Um, another kid who stands out in my mind right now is uh, Aaron Fenimore. He came to us at our Knoxville, Tennessee campus from South Georgia, and sure enough, I mean, he's a fifth grader. I mean, now he's, he's a true freshman starting center at Liberty University. He just kind of came through the process, and you can see it early. I really believe that you can identify talent and, and, and drive um, and focus early. Um, and he was just one of those kids who was kind of locked in. So, you know, we love being a part of that. Um, it's kind of our, our extended family. You know, football has always been a fraternity, and we feel like Camp Lyman is just an extension of that.
0: Yeah, my last question, Glenn, is, can you talk about some of the – you shared a couple of guys, some of the guys that come through, uh, went on to play pro, uh, major college ball, uh, D2, D3. Can you kind of share with the listeners some of the guys that kind of came through Camp Lyman?
1: Oh, yeah, this this is my favorite part. I love to brag on the boys. Um, Andrew Thomas, starting left tackle for the New York Giants. He was a sixth – fourth or sixth. I think he was the fourth overall pick. Um, he starting left tackle for New York Giants. He came to our camp in Georgia when he was in the eighth grade. Uh, one of his teammates, Jamari Sawyer, was a year younger than him. He both, they both played at Georgia. Uh, Jamari got drafted in, like, the fifth and sixth round uh, by the uh, L.A. Chargers. Uh, game two, you know, you would tell the kids, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Game two, start left tackle goes down. He goes in. He has one of the highest PFF ratings in, 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 in the NFL, as an offensive lineman. So here he is. He's a starting left tackle. Um, um, you know, you got uh, Demetri Emanuel. Actually, ironically, at Florida State University right now, three of our Kent Lyman alumni are starting there. You got Julian Armada um, out of South Florida. Um, you got Keandre Jones, who came to us out of LaGrange, Georgia. He, he played four years at Auburn. He grad transferred. Demetri Emanuel, I coached him in high school. He was at UNC Charlotte and transferred to Florida State. Um, I mean, so literally, it is great. Wanye Morris. You look at him, he just got drafted. I think it was in the third round to the Kansas City Chiefs out of Oklahoma. So, I mean, they're, they're, few, they're, they're all over the place. Jonathan Troll at UNC, um, um, Brian Chaffin at Stanford, uh, Philip Walton at NC State. I mean, the list goes on and on. And the neat thing about it is when you have that staying power to be around for 10 years, it allows you to see kids matriculate through the process and grow, and you can realize their potential. And not only that, that's just football. We got guys – consulting at Accenture, uh, uh, selling tech stuff at Oracle. I mean, so we take pride in all of that. It's a network to where we're going to continue to leave, lean on each other and just continue to grow grow the brand,
0: if you will. Okay. The last thing is, again, can you tell the listeners where some of your camps are going to be?
1: Sure, sure, sure. Coming up this weekend, is going to be in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, on the 20th of May, we'll be in Richmond, Virginia. Um, on uh June tenth we'll be in um um Cole City of so- Sophie, West Virginia. On the seventeenth we'll be in um Sacramento, California. July first we'll be in Nashville, Tennessee. July fifteenth, Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania. And then on we'll end up this
0: camp season
1: on July 29th. we'll be in Eastern Shore, Maryland.
0: Okay, uh again, uh congratulations on your daughter graduating. Uh you 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 guys should be proud. You got Elijah from Duke. You got uh, Caleb from Citadel. Now you got a Howard HBCU graduate. So congratulations. Yeah, and, and,
1: and,
0: go ahead. Glenn. Thank you. I sorry. appreciate
1: that. I, pre- I appreciate that. You got Taylor from Maryland. So
0: you got okay. two <laughs> kids in
1: DMV and two down
0: my, south. Yep. <laughs> my, 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 my bad. <laughs> I, I'm, hey,
1: look, Taylor, I'm
0: sorry. Taylor, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, hey, she, 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 she's listening. <laughs> oh. Hey, Taylor, I am so sorry. I was hoping that he was going to say WVU. Sorry, Taylor. All right.
2: <laughs> Coach, you mentioned, I'm going to leave with this, um, you mentioned some of the questions they would ask, you know, should they bring a helmet, you know, that kind of stuff. Some of the, That's what some of the parents were asking. I want to know what some of the parents have said to you after the camp, whether it's, you know, immediately on the field or they call back later. What are some of the compliments or feedback that you get?
0: Mm, Yeah, well,
1: let me just, let me preface this before I say this, you know, that um, we give God all the credit, the glory, the honor for, um, you know, blessing us with a vision, um, great people to help us realize this. Let me just say that, that he's going to get the credit for all of this. I'll tell you, Princess, we've had people say the best camp ever. Um, You know, they love it. We'll be back next year. Um, And we don't care about how big it is. We're worried about the impact. We're trying to impact lives using football as it can do it to help those kids push themselves, get a great education. College isn't for everyone. Maybe they go to trade school. I don't care what it is. Be the best that you could be. Um, we always leave with a scripture, Ecclesiastes 9:10, and the paraphrase that it, it says, "What serve your hand find to do, do it with all your might." That's our focus throughout the camp. Give us your best effort. You know, take advantage of every repetition. A repetition is an opportunity to get better. Take advantage of it. Don't let anyone take your rep. You know, but once again, we shed light on these things from a positive perspective, just to make sure. You know, the best thing is is that our kid is locked in. He wants to come back. He got something out of it, you know. And the kids—I mean, the kids will kind of relay that information, and we see it by the numbers growing every year. So, you know, we—you know—there's an old saying: "Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie." Numbers don't lie. You know, we're going to continue to grow it, and um, you know, just going to try to pursue that—the purpose and vision that he's put in our in in our path—and just make the most
0: of it. All right, um, Coach, the,
2: the last one is, is you know, I watch a lot of your videos and, and some of the interaction with your other coaches as they're going through the drills. Um, give a shout-out to some of them. I know you may miss some, um, but
3: some uh, of them that I see uh,
2: that have some of those, you know, the credentials that are just as, you know, important, too. Um, just talk about that.
1: Uh, Coach Diamond out of Los Angeles, uh, California, he did a great job for us. He really helped us. Really capture that South Southern California uh, area. We're going to come back and probably hit multiple markets next year. Um, Sudan Ellington, um, I've been with him for a couple for over a decade. Um, he runs his own program, Big Skills Academy. But you know, once we team up, we team up. Uh, Greg Ellaby, um, he's a young coach played at UNC Chapel Hill, played ironically offense and defense. So. We always tell the kids, learn a game, not a position. He was a perfect example of a person who kind of dealt with that. Um, This weekend I'll be with Antoine Rivens. He was notably one of the best linemen to come out of the Charlotte, North Carolina area, went to um, USC in uh, in South Carolina, and he coached at Coastal Carolina for eight years. He currently, he's a new head coach, the first ever head coach at Atlantic um, um, Collegiate Academy, a new charter school in Myrtle Beach. Um, so these guys, they do, you know, um, a great, Willie Bates, another guy, second all-time leading tackler in Indiana. He'll be helping us in the Pennsylvania and the Maryland camp. So typically we have coaches all around. Rusty Beatles played at University of Georgia. Um, um, Robert Hicks, um, we, we we didn't do Atlanta this year, um, but uh, Robert Hicks, another one, played at Mississippi State, played with the Bills. Um, he was a stunt double for Michael Orner, blindside. You should see this guy. You know, uh, 6'8", 300 pounds, um, has a baritone voice, but it's so good with those kids. Those kids love him. They love him. So, you know, like I said, you know, hats off, shouts out to all the coaches who've been a part of it. Big Ted Washington, um, you know, he's helped us over the years. Uh, Sam Wright, um, just a lot of guys. Too many to name, but uh, they know. Um, They're reliable. I could call them, and they're going to be right there.
2: Amen, Coach. Um, you, you know, I'm a, a staunch supporter of yours, and any time that we can get you on, just to talk about Camp Lyman, it is some, it is my honor for sure. Congratulations. You know, I don't, you know, it was put into your spirit. I don't know how many years ago, and look at it now. Um, again, twelve different markets, and and you're probably expanding again next year. Congratulations, Coach.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Appreciate your support for all sports, all platforms. Um, You know, you've been a staple in our community, whether it relates to female sports, male sports, um, you know, diversity, inclusion. Um, You've given so many people platforms to just kind of grow and let their voices be heard. Um, And it's important. Um, You know, we can't let ESPN be the only narrative, um, you know, or control the narrative of of, of, of concerns that we have and, and successes that we have. So we appreciate Never Had It So Good Sports Radio Um, You know, anything we could do to support and uplift that platform, we're we're, we're definitely on board for you.
2: Amen. A gator and the legend from West Virginia. And and we are trying to make sure that more narratives out there. And I appreciate you, and I appreciate you too, Duck. Um, I appreciate what you all do um, on radio, but again, in the community and how you're affecting the lives of so many. And congratulations to Kendi. Um,
1: congratulations You know, gra- what's graduating. Hey, she, uh, yeah, yeah, she's grad, she's she, she's graduating next Saturday. Summa cum Shout out to my baby <laughs> girl, the youngest of the bunch. Three point nine GPA years. Come on, come on, let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: hey, look, man. Cool hey, look. Wow. She got to go to grad school at West Virginia. That that set it off. <laughs>
2: Poor baby, don't send it down there. Don't send it there. Somebody, All somebody, right, somebody um, said CPR. <laughs> 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 Thank you, DeVoe. We appreciate you. Thank hey, you, guys. Again. appreciate it.
0: Look, hey Glenn, again, Taylor. I am sorry. I don't want her to jump me. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. No, nah, we good. We good. And, we good. We good. We appreciate you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Duck, happy anniversary to you and your wife. Um, make sure that you get everything she needs and a new ring, a new car, a new house. You know. Hey,
0: princess, Princess, what? thirty, thirty-seven years, Princess, and she's been happy at least once. So I'm good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, hey Princess, I offered to come to lunch yesterday and serenade him, but uh, he, he turned me down. So I offered.
2: tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for offering. All right, gentlemen, have a great weekend. Duck, I Thank appreciate you, you, you Coach Devoe. Keep doing what you do. Never had a so good sports talk radio. We'll see you all on Monday at 7 p.m.
0: All right.